if you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. It's really important to understand, like if you want to train, think about using VR. You know, if you want to do quick things and just get someone in the store through your doors, think about using an AR experience. We're really showcasing a lot of the different platforms, but we also realize that that social piece is huge. So there's going to be a lot of different professional ways to engage, but also really fun ways. Can you believe it's been a year already since the VRAR Association broke new ground by taking their popular Global Summit virtual? Their June 2020 VRAR Global Summit Online spanned three time zones and connected more than 11,000 attendees from all over the world. And not only did the VRAR Association have a second successful virtual Global Summit in fall of 2020, they're now just about to host their 2021 Global Summit online. This is not to be missed. The VRAR Global Summit 2021 Summer Edition is going to feature more than 180 speakers on two stages. And a lot of new features have been added. For example, if you're new to augmented or virtual reality, this year's summit features a track geared towards answering your questions and showing you where to start. Anne-Marie Enns is the executive producer of the VRAR Global Summit, and Natasha French is the chapter president of the Los Angeles VRAR Association. Anne-Marie, Natasha, you are innovators anyway, but 2020 had to be the ultimate catalyst for breaking new ground. How are we going to see that reflected in the VRAR Global Summit this year as it happens June 2nd to 4th? I can start with that one, if that's okay. Yeah, last year was a huge year for innovation. I think that lends itself to our theme for this year's Global Summit, which is the time is now. I think the content at last year's summit was really going, what the heck is going on in the world? How are we applying this? We did a lot of talks about training and remote collaboration and remote events. And it was all very, you know, in the now and what we're doing. But now I think we're looking at how far the industry's come. I mean, there's been so many great new releases in the past couple of days with headsets and spectacle glasses and all kinds of great things that it really is the time for this industry to shine. And so the content that we've curated for the show in June really reflects that. And we've got speakers from all over the globe working in just revolutionary technology that I don't think might have happened if people didn't have that chance to put their heads down and get to work on it and have that chance to shine because of what happened with COVID. So I'm really excited for for all of the content that we've curated for that. I can't wait to see this. Natasha, how about for you? Yeah, I think, you know, with everything that's happened in the past year, really, it's helped spearhead the AR and VR industry. You know, a few years back, it was the explanation, why are we using AR? You know, why are we doing VR? And with everyone being remote and really relying on the digital, it enabled a lot of these technologies to you know, for both consumers and brands to really understand the value of how they can connect people, you know, especially with everything that has been happening with web-based AR has really been revolutionary to build that consumer adoption faster, which I think is super exciting. And so now with brands and companies using this tech, we're now seeing more content out there. 
And as Anne-Marie mentioned, I think it's exciting too, because there's a lot of innovation on the lenses. I think too, with a lot of the clients I work with and bringing on board has been like this contactless connection. So we've been doing a lot from home, but now when we think about technology, when we're back in person, it's thinking about how do you use this in a contactless way, right? How are people going to get back to using these technologies? And even seeing technology is like clean box where they're building technology to clean this type of technology, right? And I think that's really exciting. So I think more content, more user experiences and, you know, the different ways we've connected with consumers with this technology, I think is going to be exciting to hear about in the summit from sports to retail to medicine, healthcare, kind of across the board. Now, how did Natasha and Anne-Marie begin their professional journeys in immersive media? During our 2020 interviews, we explored those stories. Natasha is the principal of Los Angeles digital marketing and sales consultancy, Scale Strategies. I started off my career as a journalist, so I always was a storyteller at heart, but loved technology. And about a decade ago, when I really got involved in the startup technology scene, I worked with a lot of brands that were looking for ways to engage their consumers and their fans further without just, you know, reading something or watching something. And they wanted something more immersive and interactive. And, you know, the first time I saw a hologram, what I was working with the company, Ventana, was at a TEDx talk and the CEO was up there and a little hologram popped up next to her and she was interacting at it and I didn't know what I was looking at and it was pretty mind blown. And it was really interesting because it was all about the captivating that audience. And the cool thing about AR and holograms and VR is it provides new mediums to engage different types of audiences. Meanwhile, Anne-Marie is the executive producer and founder of Vancouver-based event production firm, Pulled In Productions. I answered an ad for a contract to produce a VRAR summit. I knew a bit about it. You know, I have a husband that's very into gaming. So <laughs> that was kind of my exposure to it. But the minute that I tried it, I absolutely fell in love. And I fell in love because I saw the potential for it to be used for so many different things. I have a great passion for art and immersive design. I always wanted to be an artist. That was my dream. But my, you know, I went to business school instead <laughs> for events. But I, I love it. And I saw how you could just get into so many different worlds and display things so interestingly. And so I really, I really just fell in love with it when I started planning this event. And it was about four years ago that I got into it. And how it's changed and adapted in that time, I just love it. And I love that I can really bring it into my industry and what I do on a day-to-day basis now, and especially with what's going on in the world, the potential of it for people that are producing events or working in enterprise or artists or educators. I think that it's an amazing, valuable tool. What are we seeing in XR, Emory? I'll start with you that we could be using, let's say, in maybe the educational field, the arts, and of course, storytelling. I think there's been so much. I mean, this year with being locked down, the the arts and the entertainment industry just boomed in terms of immersive events. I mean, for everything from going to, you know, the Van Gogh remote exhibits where you actually felt like you could do something during the lockdown and, you know, do a remote experience. I think the arts and entertainment industry really 
blossomed during all of that and the amount of storytelling, because that's all we had. I mean, the arts, if ever was a time for the arts to shine, it was during the last year. You know, we've seen amazing strides made in fashion technology in the last year, online shopping and retail and e-commerce. It's amazing to watch those industries that are maybe seen kind of as side industries in VR and AR really take the forefront of the innovation and the being revolutionary and how they entertained and engaged audiences and made things happen. So I think that that industry is great. And, you know, the new announcements besides just with the hardware, but for creators to be able to develop what they're working on. That's a couple of things that I'm really excited to see at the summit. You know, we've got everything from the enterprise headsets, but we also have the consumer and the creator-based technologies coming to be. We've got lots of great people, you know, talking about DJing and partying in VR and how to market and retail and shopping globally and, you know, and everything from that to telling the stories about what's going on in the world as we were all in lockdown. So I think those technologies are are really at the forefront, even more so than enterprise in, in some ways, because that's what we've had in the last year to entertain us. You shared with me before that you really wanted to be an artist. I yes. would suggest <laughs> that you are an artist, pulling off what you pulled off last year in six weeks. What would be one of your absolute favorite apps right now in XR for a content creator or creator in general? Oh, I don't know if I could pick a favorite one. I think there's so many that I like, you know, I was amazed by the announcement yesterday of the content creation with the spectacles and doing the overlays of the world. Watching that was so beautiful. That was really inspiring to me to do something along those lines. I love the overlay of art in the regular world to me is a beautiful addition that is really needed. That makes me excited. And that would make me actually want to learn how to do the design side. (laughs) Do I have it right? Are those the snap glasses? Is that Mm -hmm. what you're referring Mm -hmm. to? I'd love to see more of those. Natasha, we talk about art and storytelling, knowing that you're a storyteller and a marketer. What are some of your favorite applications right now for enhancing storytelling that maybe weren't here six months ago? You know, I think what's been really great, a lot of the stuff Eighthwell's been doing with WebAR has enabled so many companies to be able to bring stories to life through augmented reality. So an example, a client I work with, MVP Interactive, they partnered with the Tennessee Titans and they created the first ever, they commissioned a muralist in Nashville. It was a 160 foot wall and on the eighth wall platform brought this football player to life through AR. So people could just, you know, scan a good old QR code, which are coming back, which I love and, you know, bring that content to life. So it was a mix of real art with digital overlay. And I thought that was so cool because that's great storytelling because the thing was you can now build upon that right? You can add another layer of digital to come off that wall. So during the holidays, maybe it will snow off the wall or, you know, and I think that's really cool with these web-based experiences, you can make your story live. And a lot of things that the retail brands, I think that are doing a really good job is integrating product into our world. So, you know, you can go on and try on makeup digitally, which is so great because, you know, you can't go to makeup counters anymore and get your makeup put on. So I know Sephora and a couple other beauty brands are doing cool stuff on that end, as well as on the retail front. I think the coolest thing I've seen is 
we're now buying digital AR products for avatars. So like you're not even buying the shoe anymore, but you're buying a digital overlay for maybe your avatar that might be in a game. So I think those type of experiences has really taken the technology and brands have been very creative with what they can do. I just add one thing to that in Vancouver, LNG Studios, which is a a virtual reality real estate and design company partnered with 8th Wall and did this entire mural in downtown Vancouver where people sent in little pixelated photos and same thing. They did this huge mural, but it raised, you know, I think hundreds of thousands of dollars for a local hospital to raise awareness about mental health during the COVID crisis. So it's interesting what you can do with the AR and that's the type of storytelling too. And the Vancouver Mural Festival here did a whole amazing AR experience here with Shape Immersive and they, it was great. It took over the city and that was something we could actually do when we weren't allowed to do anything. (laughs) Where you say the web bases, you know, before you had that barrier to entry to having to create an app and then the biggest barrier is having the consumer download the app. And now really you can have those experience within seconds and you don't need to enter in your information, download a whole app. And that's where I think a lot of this web-based experience, whether it's through AR or web-based on, you know, it's really, you could do like 360 experiences. Like, I don't know if any of you recently have been looking for homes, but in real estate, it's amazing. Like you couldn't go look at homes. And so the number of times I've used the experience, you're kind of walking through the home, you know, that's all web-based content that's been created. That's pretty awesome in the real estate market that I've now seen being used for training and doing tutorials and training for, you know, healthcare companies is reusing that technology there as well. It's almost like someone, oh, I have the Zillow effect that you could walk through a home, but we want to walk through a training facility. So I think that's going to be another, I think that's something I've seen this year that has definitely used the technology in a unique way. Let's fast forward time in our imagination. If the time is now and the time is currently June 2nd, what are we going to be experiencing with the VRAR Global Summit? Well, we've got a really interesting show this year. So we're launching a little bit differently than we normally have in the past. So as opposed to just launching into keynotes and starting with, you know, sponsored talks and that sort of thing, we've curated a program for the morning of June 2nd that includes industry thought leaders, media, writers, and futurists to talk about that theme, the time is now, to talk about ethics and policies and, you know, the politics around what we're doing. So we have everyone from Bloomberg and Verizon Media to Charlie Fink and Ted Shilowitz doing their podcast live and commenting because the Oculus announcements are that day as well. So we're really getting a summary of people that are in the industry and writing about the industry talking about what's happened this year, what's been released this year, what the state of the industry is. So these are all live roundtable discussions that participants can jump into. Um, They're live commentary and debate about where they think the industry is going and what's going on. So we're, we're starting it with a really different energy rather than product launches and you know, just the show that we produce. And it's going to be extremely conversation-focused And then we launch into talks, but we also are doing different tracks than we've done in the past and a lot of roundtables and a lot of discussion points because we don't want the event to just end with the event. 
We've got another one in September, but it is a year-round discussion on what's going on, how we can make the industry better. We've got leaders in VR for good. We've got you know diversity and inclusion leaders that are doing a track and roundtables for open and honest discussions. So I think that the Zoom fatigue and the being talked to at conferences will be a little bit different at this one because we're really encouraging that feedback and that interaction with the audience for a lot of the sessions and the talks that we're doing. So we've curated it a little bit differently this year to really engage with everyone that we're we're talking to at the event. So when you reference the ethics of XR and RE, what's one ethical mm-hmm. consideration when we talk about doing immersive media that may not occur to creatives? Well, a lot of the conversations that we'll be having, and we've got a you know a cyber attack panel, we've got ethics and politics panels. You know, what information are we gathering from the headsets? What with eye tracking and what are we doing? You know, what information are we inputting that we don't know? what they're doing it with, you know, because you're not necessarily signing off on it. So it's a really hot topic right now, the ethics around what happens with the hardware and the software. And a lot of our talks will address that and chat about what's good, what systems they don't trust, what ones they do, and why. And also just how we can make it better. And it's the time to, you know, release standards for the industry, which a lot of people are working on right now. So it's an important conversation to be had. And an exciting time. Natasha, do I understand correctly that you're going to be speaking? Yeah. So I'm excited. We're really talking about what my sweet spot is. How do you market your XR, AR, VR company? And I think something that sometimes people don't think about until after they, you know, have their product in hand. And, you know, for the, I'm excited. We regrouped a couple of days ago on it. And really what we're talking about is it's always been an educational sell in the space on marketing the technology, but it's been really great that now that there's been some adoption, you know, before it was always, oh, do you remember Pokemon Go? It's something like this, but, you know, imagine it for your brand. And now there's been more adoption. And so now we can use those examples in retail. And I think the exciting thing too is, One of the biggest things I think with the marketing piece of it is, you know, a lot of clients I've worked with, we've had to pivot. You know, we used to be all in person in venue experiences and, you know, we had to basically create new products that were all digital for at home. And I think that's one thing we're going to talk about a lot on that panel is really, you know, how do you, you know, come up with these new things and then go back to market because you've had to pivot and keep your brand name. So that's fun. And then also in addition to that piece, the marketing advertising committee is going to have actually where you can join in VR through Engage. And that's going to be really exciting too. So I love that Emery's bringing this into the conference where you actually can, you know, we speak all the time about this. And one of my biggest things as the president of the LA chapter is trying to create more of these meetings in VR or in web-based experiences. And so there'll be an opportunity for people to join via VR and engage and meet people throughout the conference, which I think is super exciting. I play in a VR golf tournament that one of the members puts together and it's great, like on a virtual golf course, you know, playing golf with someone from Boston, Sweden. And, you know, it makes things a little bit more authentic instead of like, you know, indifferent. So I love that the conference is going to really bring that in too. So you can experience both the video piece of it, but also in virtual reality as well. 
I love that you can do that because it was a great conference last year, although admittedly the best of the best conferences when you have just Zoom on your desktop, you're going to have your attention wander a little bit. How do we, if for example, we have an Oculus Quest, how do we engage in some of these events? Well, we are having a number of different engaging events that happen at the event. So the one that Natasha was talking about that's put on by the marketing committee will happen all day June 3rd. And it's this beautiful space that they built. So you can jump in there. It's representing six of the industry verticals. So you can kind of meet in these pockets and talk about those different topics. We'll have speakers in there with people. You know, there's great screens up there showing content. We also have we're partnering with the gentleman that organized Lost Horizons, which is a huge music festival. So on the Friday night, we're doing a great party with them. So you can jump in and be your favorite dance character and let loose and have a lot of fun with that. But we also, with our diversity and inclusion track, have partnered with the Dreamland XR folks, and we will be having some panels in there as well and a panel also in the Lost Horizons world. So we are we have a lot of different experiences that will be happening throughout. And then a lot of the speakers are also streaming their talks in VR as well. So it's you can access the information in a lot of different ways at this event. We're really showcasing a lot of the different platforms, but we also realize that that social piece is huge. So there's going to be a lot of different professional ways to engage, but also really fun ways to get involved and chat with people and dance and have fun. And, you know, your partner might think you're strange at home, but you'll be having a good time for those. (laughs) It's all good. They're used to it now. It's all good. (laughs) When you referenced the track, Anne-Marie, about the diversity inclusion, how many Mm -hmm. tracks and what are the other ones in addition that are going to be happening? In addition to the diversity and inclusion track? So we have, we always curate the show in blocks of content to make sure that we have a lot of great coverage of each of the topics that we want to talk about. So marketing is a huge, huge vertical at the event this year, as Natasha referenced to. We've got a number of talks in that area. We have a number of talks in the medical field as well. We have a lot of training, cybersecurity. Education is a huge topic at the event this year as well. We have a couple of fashion pieces that are exciting and fun to be involved with. And then, you know, the more traditional in terms of the enterprise tracks as well. But we've really worked with our VRARA committees to curate tracks that represent all of what they're working on. So we'll, and then we've got, oh, blockchain and NFTs, a lot of content around that since that's a really hot topic. So really there's something for everybody, but they're curated in little chunks of time. So even if you don't want to have the time or don't want to tune in for the three days, you can catch, you know, the two to three hours of medical, do a medical social with the people that are on and then catch the rest on the videos when you buy a ticket. So I was going to say, Marie, the accessibility panel. Yes. So yeah, I was really excited where we're going to talk about accessibility with we have the co-founder of Global Accessibility Awareness Day, which actually was yesterday, May 20th, and it was the 10th anniversary. And we'll be joined along with a head of accessibility from Google, from XR Access, someone from Facebook really talking about accessibility in AR and VR. And it's good timing just because it's yesterday was a very celebratory day for you know the 10 year anniversary for that and Amory was great we were able to curate a couple pieces around it based mm-hmm. on kind of members interest in that topic 
Natasha, let's talk for a minute about where we're going with accessibility. What are you seeing in terms of some new developments and where do we still need to go to make this something that welcomes everybody for XR? Yeah, well, I think there's a huge opportunity in the space. You know, if you build things accessibly, it actually is built with ease of use. And you really think about that it can be built for everyone. And I think there's a huge opportunity within the VR and AR community to do it right as opposed to going back and fixing it right. You know, Apple did a great job in creating the iPhone and they're big proponents of building accessibly where it was an ease of use product. And when you think about that in the design and development of products and the design and development of that customer experience, it will make the experience great for everyone. And so one thing I think that I've been an advocate of I've been very fortunate the past year to work very closely with an organization called Diamond and Global Accessibility Awareness Day to learn about this, right? To me, it was newer, but the past year and a half, when I now look at product development and design, I have a different view of it and appreciation. And I think that it's almost like, you know, championing our community to build that way and think about it. You know, websites were built, mobile apps were built. And now as we look at these new technologies, let's think about that from a designer developer level from the start. So that's when I'm excited to kind of see that conversation going and how different companies are thinking about it at the forefront as they build new products and create new experiences. What's one feature for accessibility that doesn't usually occur to manufacturers that really ought to? Well, I mean, it's interesting. You just think as it could be as simple as adding alt text to an image to every event or experience, you know, having an audio description of something, right? Or having closed captions. You know, there's a lot of apps that are audio-based and there's no closed captions. If you have multiple people in a room speaking at the same time or in a VR experience, thinking about that throughout the the game. So I think just even thinking of the simplest of experiences or how to set it up or having different options for different users. I know when I was working in the hologram space and we were creating interactive experiences, you have to think about the sensors. And if someone's in a wheelchair, a sensor might pick you up differently and might not recognize your where the hands are because there might, you know, be sitting down or the height of the sensor identifying that the user is in different places. So when you think about that, I think what you do is you think about the different use cases of the experience and then making sure that it's either built to be accessible for everyone or there's different options to experiencing it differently. This is going to be a very thought-provoking and fun conference <laughs> at the same time. Let's be sure and give the link where people can find out more about the VRAR Global Summit. Yes, the link is www.vrarglobalsummit.com. And tickets are on sale now. It's $44 for members and $55 for non. And the prices will go up the day of the event. So it's a great time to get it now. Once again, that's vrarglobalsummit.com. Let's take a look at something that you say on the page for VRAR Global Summit, where you talk about back to basics. What if somebody listening says, well, how can I get involved with XR for my small business, for the school that I'm teaching, for the university, something of that nature, and they don't know what they don't know? What's a good starting point? 
Well, at the conference, we're going to have a couple of talks that are back to basics. It's funny because we've always been at the high-level enterprise conversations for the last couple of years. And it really became apparent that we need to go back to basics because a lot of people too, it's, you know, they're like, I understand what it is, or probably Natasha, you've had this. They're like, oh, I get what you do now, which is a nice thing for people to finally say. But yeah, they don't know how to get into it. So we've got people from different industries looking and discussing how you can get into it, how you can apply it to your business, what are some great starting points. But we also have a lot of university and colleges that have incredible programs that will be there and talking about it, like Lethbridge College out of Canada, who have an incredible VR AR course. That's a one-year certificate. And it's both for the design side, but it also lends itself well to the business side as well. So it's not just for developers. So we've got a lot of those schools being represented that can talk about how to get your foot in the door. And we're also looking at it from different angles from, say, you know, Natasha's point of view or mine, where we're more on the marketing side rather than the, you know, actually building something side like a developer, but we're looking at it from all of the different angles. So if you're a marketing person going, how do I sell this to my client to someone that's like, how do I instill this in my training schedule? Because I feel like this is a great way to do it. We'll, we'll have those covered and we have a lot of sponsors and exhibitors that will cover those topics as well. What about the marketing and storytelling side, Natasha? Yeah. So I always look at all of these technologies as a new medium to tell your story. And I think that's as a marketer, even as a brand, you know, what is your goal before you even start any campaign or try anything new is kind of what is your goal of using this new technology or even your goal of using some type of marketing technique and who is your customer? And knowing that is so important because then I always say, if you have a crazy idea, reach out to a company that says they do this and just ask if it's possible, right? The greatest holograms we ever built when I was working with Ventana were the ones where we're like, what is it that you want to create? I mean, it's, it's a hologram. Like you could do anything, right? And I think asking that question, can we do this? Like, don't be afraid to ask it because that's when the best content comes out of it. So if you do think like you see something, oh, and you're not sure what it's, if that's AR or VR, like don't be afraid to ask what it is. Cause again, it's like all of these companies are creating, inventing new things and telling stories through different content. And I think that's where you have to start is by asking, how can I do this? Reach out to the companies, but have that goal in mind and think about that end user and how using this technology will benefit that end user. And I think that's important to really make sure because, you know, you could create something really cool, but if it doesn't touch your market or your user, it's going to just be like a thing that was 15 minutes for fun and then it goes away. Right. But if you really Mm want to be impactful, it's really important to understand, like, if you want to train, think about using VR, you know, if you want to do quick things and just get someone in the store through your doors, think about, you know, using an AR experience that's on web based so you don't have to download. So I think that's what I always say to people is don't be afraid to ask, don't be afraid to try things and just really think about your goal when you're creating these different experiences. And I love that you're bringing Anne-Marie that basic stuff back, you know, just like, how do you use this or what's the difference of all these different technologies as well? We have not said a word yet about the Women's Summit that you're having, at least not on tape, and we haven't mentioned the times. Would you tell me about these two before we have to wrap up? 
Sure. So last year we launched a really successful women's summit at the global summit and it was great. We had women from all over the globe and did a great series of women starting out to mentors and experts in the industry and how they got involved with it. But with our women's committee this year for the VRARA, it's kind of developed into a new realm. So we decided that we didn't want to just do a few hours of programming. We wanted to make sure that it was incorporated all throughout the event. And then we also made the decision that we didn't want it to just be about women, but we wanted it to represent a lot of different communities that might be, you know, not as well represented in our industry. So we've created a diversity and inclusion track that represents women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ people that are working in the industry. So we have it throughout the events and we're doing some great talks about inspiring businesses being led by different communities, but we're also doing some interactive roundtables talking about the struggles and like, you know, what Natasha was saying with the accessibility issues as well. So we're having all of those conversations about who are we designing for? What are we designing? You know, who are we marketing to and what do we want to do in this industry? Because if we're not representing everyone, then we're not representing enough at all. So we've worked together. We've got a great committee that's pulling together wonderful speakers from all aspects of the industry, from design and development to fashion design to marketing. And so we're really, we're interspersing it throughout the conversations at the event and then having dedicated roundtables and social events to really broaden the horizons and the views of people that will be attending the Global Summit. So it started as the Women's Summit, and I think that's still what's on the website, but it's blossomed into this beautiful project that we hope to keep going and even changing our Women's Committee to not just be a Women's Committee anymore. So it's it's taken on a beautiful life of its own, which is wonderful. It certainly is accessible to everybody, mm-hmm. part plus content plus be. technology. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about the time that we start with the VRAR Global Summit on June 7th? What time does it begin? So we'll begin at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So bright and early for those of us on the West Coast. And then it goes until 5.30 every day until June 4th. So that's 7 o'clock out here. And at least it's not 5 o'clock in the morning, even though it was yeah, very well. That will be in the fall year. for the European Summit. We'll be up at 2, <laughs> running things with lots of coffee. <laughs> I was impressed because, Natasha, I know that you took the helm at the VRARA Los Angeles July of last year. And Anne-Marie, you had six weeks to pull together a virtual event last year. Mm -hmm. You both did it very much like a swan, just going around like this and paddling like crazy underneath. (laughs) What are the next days going to be like at your house before we get to June 2nd? This is a question for both of you. You can go, Natasha. (laughs) <laughs> Anne Marie is running this one. So I've <laughs> any help that, you know, I think it's just putting those for me is just if there's last minute slots we need to fill, I tell Anne Marie, let me know. <laughs> and I think on my end is motivating the community to sign up and if they're not members to get other non-members to join and really push that across social channels and encourage people to take a break from the day-to-day chaos of emails and fires and maybe, you know, take a couple of days and focus on the education and learning because there's some great speakers and companies that Anne-Marie and her team have put together. So that's, I think, on my end, just kind of socialize it to get people to sign up. 
and yep. answering my emails of, oh my gosh, I need this speaker. And Natasha's <laughs> always like, I've got someone for you. She's like the best. And I was like, who can I call for this? And then it's always you and you always help me. So it's wonderful. <laughs> Our house is a bit chaotic. Last year we did that event in six weeks and we had just moved the day before. So it won't be nearly as chaotic as last June because we were supposed to be in Lisbon at that time. There, you know, it's a lot of chaos. My husband is my partner and he produces the show and does all the technical side of it. So the, all the pre-records and the editing and the video files and that footage. So it's a two person show at our house. So my son makes us wonderful lunches and from a nine-year-old. So they're creative and interesting. And we just, we just go and we're used to it. We did an event three weeks ago for another client. So our dining room is event central and it will be until June 5th and then we'll promptly go on vacation after that. So, <laughs> but it it's be- good. We love it. We're used to it. It's, it's just a different beast than packing a bag and going to a hotel and doing something. It's just, it's just a lot more cords in my dining room, which is fine. <laughs> it sounds like the best kind of creative, chaotic fun is what it, it sounds is. like. It is. It is. As we wrap up here, slight variation on the question I usually ask, which is if people can only get one thing from your experience since the September VR AR Global Summit about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what's the creative lesson here? I would say keep an open mind. I think with all of the different topics that are being discussed is go in with an open mind. And, you know, once I challenge people that if they do hear something cool, go and encourage your company to try it and to try to use one of these cool technologies to bring your story to life, I think would be something I would encourage people to do. Because without that initial buy-in, you know, we can't create more experiences. So yeah, and I would add to that, because I agree 100% with Natasha, that I would say to people, don't be in such a rush to get back to the way that things were because so many beautiful things came out of what's happened in the last year. There's been so much creativity and the chance to put your head down and work on things that were passion projects that now this technology can help to put forward. And the creativity that came out of not knowing where things were going was amazing. And so I would just encourage people to still look at this technology and say, what else and what more can we do? with this, because I think that we got really far this year and what we could do, you know, going forward is absolutely incredible in all of the verticals from sports to accessibility to retail. I think that it's, there's beautiful opportunities there. And I don't think we should lose those when we go back to quote unquote normal. Natasha and Anne-Marie, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Dot. Yeah, thank you for having us, Dot. That was fun. You and I have been listening to Natasha French, Chapter President of the Los Angeles VR AR Association, and to Anne-Marie Enns, Executive Producer of the VR AR Global Summit. Don't miss the 2021 Summer VR AR Global Summit online. The show starts at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, Wednesday, June 2nd, and runs through Friday, June 4th. You'll find more information on VRARglobalsummit.com. That's VRARglobalsummit.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X. And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com.
www.pondfive.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.